Open them up to Luke chapter 2. I got a word to preach. Now, this is going to be a little shorter word, all right? So instead of an hour and five, it's going to be an hour and three minutes. So I'm sorry about that. We're going to cut into it. No, it is shorter. Okay. And then when I'm done preaching, we'll pray over the food and we'll get at it down there. Amen. But Luke chapter two, by the way, thank you to everyone who set up, uh, you know, the fellowship hall. It looks beautiful. Give them a hand, everybody. All right. Barry and Linda. And who was there? Anybody else that helped you guys? Chris Ark, thank you, sir. We appreciate all of you. Amen. So Luke chapter 2, well, I'm going to start at verse 8 and go through 18. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, uh, cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying this. Now, angels were saying this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. Isn't that cool? I don't know. That just struck a chord in me, did When they, the angels, when you have an angelic visitation, they're coming from the throne room of God. That's why they bring the glory and the presence of God with them. I don't know, I just, oh, that struck a chord. That the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord, uh, that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, how many here, you have received a gift in the past from someone. It was a very nice gift, and and maybe it was a gift that would benefit you in some way, but you never used it. You just kind of tucked it in the closet, or it's sitting down in your basement. Anybody relate, or is this just pastor, like confession day today, right? Today I want to talk about one, one gift that you should never ignore, and that's the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen. In fact, all the songs during praise and worship, Stacy nailed it again with the Holy Ghost, uh, the play, everything is in line with what I'm talking about today. See, the Lord Jesus Christ is the best gift that was ever given in the entire universe, and the benefits last for eternity. The gift of Jesus was given to mankind from the very heart of our Heavenly Father. Think about this. Because of this fact, He is willing that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. Amen? See, God just doesn't pick and choose who He wants saved. The Word of God says, whoever. Whoever. Amen? Say, I'm a whoever. Go to John 3.16 with me real quick. Let's just look at it. I know we can... 
say it out loud and memorize it, but let's just take a look at it. Sometimes when you see it on the printed page, it just strikes a chord. Amen? Look at this. John 3, verse 16 through 18. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes, say whoever, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For Look at this. A lot of times we just leave it at that, but let's go on. Look at this. Oh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, no, no, no. But that the world through him might be saved. See, God, did you know that hell was not created for human beings? Do you know that? The word of God says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was never intended. But the only place you can go to, if you want to be responsible for your own sin, that's the only place you can go. Because sin will not enter into heaven, into the presence of God. Amen? Now look at this. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he is not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So guess what? Every person that's in hell right now, any person who will ever be in hell, God washed his hands of it and said, you know what? It's not my will you're going to go there. If you're there or you're going there, it's not my fault. I've made a way. I've made a provision. See, God so loved the world, listen, that he gave. It was the love of God that was the motivator to send Jesus to this earth. See, here's the deal. God saw the need and met it because of his unending love for us. He saw the need. See, I love this. Yeah, you know, he didn't have to do it. You know that, right? When, when Adam sinned and Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit, right? I, he didn't have to do it. He could have just said, you know what? It's done. You guys messed up. You guys want to rebel against me. You want to curse me. Fine. But he didn't. You know, this is what I love about our Heavenly Father. Even in the midst of coming against Him, even in the midst of cursing Him, even in our our lowest times when we're saying things that are really bad against God, right? He's still reaching out to us. Isn't that amazing? He didn't have to do it, but He did it anyway. By the way, the Word of God says that we are to love our enemies. Do you know that's in the Word, right? We are to love our... You know, here's what our Heavenly Father did. He looked beyond our faults. He looked beyond our shortcomings, and He met the need. He still loved us beyond that need. This is what the body of Christ needs, amen? If you're going to be an effective minister in the body of Christ, you better not be looking at outward appearance. You better not be looking at the junk that people are in. You know what you need to do? You need to look beyond that at the potential of a person. You need to see them with the eyes of God. Or else you you will not minister to people effectively. Say this. Say, I got to look beyond people's faults. I got to look beyond the junk. That's right. We We need to do it. And this is not just for pastors or ministers. This is for the whole body of Christ. We are to love our enemies. Amen? We need to act like our Heavenly Father. In fact, who's, who's your father? Who's your daddy, right? Who have you been acting like, the devil or God? Think about it now. Come on, somebody. Take a look at Luke chapter 2. Go back there with me. 
Luke chapter 2. Who's your daddy? That's a great sermon uh, title, isn't it? Who's your daddy? (laughs) Who have I been acting like, right? Oh, my. All right, Luke chapter 2. Verses 13 through 14. I want to zero in on this for the moment here. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This reveals something very important about our heavenly father. You ready for this? That he has nothing but goodwill toward mankind. It's not God coming against you. It's not God putting that sickness and disease in your body. Are you hearing me? It said the angels declared it from heaven. When they came down, they said, good will toward men. It's nothing but good. Our heavenly father in him is light. Come on. And there is no darkness. John 10, 10. Jesus said the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. So what Jesus did is the will of the Father. That's why there's no darkness in him. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Peace, goodwill toward men. Peace and goodwill toward us, toward mankind. Even toward that murderer who's on death row right now? Yes! Peace and goodwill toward that person. Come on, somebody. It reveals so much right there in just these verses from, about our Heavenly Father. Goodwill. I love that. Jesus, oh, let's go back to that. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, tell us about the Father. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus said, if you've seen me. So when you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, guess what? That's the will of God in action. And the same things that happen in there is the same things that he wants to do in your life today. Amen? Jesus the Christ. By the way, some, some might not know this. When I first got saved, you know, you think, well, okay. But let me just, let me get real basic on you. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Are you hearing me? Now, that might be basic, but to some, that's kind of a revelation. Christ is a title. You could it, literally, it's more like Jesus the Christ. Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one of God. That's what it means. So I know someone might never, never ask it, so I'm just going to say it right from the pulpit. Amen? Christ is not his last name, but it's his title. Now, salvation is not just going to heaven after death, right? No, it's much bigger. It has a much bigger meaning and purpose. Salvation is not just a future benefit. Salvation is a benefit for now on this earth. In fact, when you and I got born again, guess what? Eternal life started that minute you put your faith in Christ. Eternal life. Because death, is not an end for the Christian. Are you hearing me? Death is just stepping out of your physical body and stepping in to eternity. Amen? But but you have eternal life in you when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. I'm telling you, this gift is amazing. And we need to take advantage of the gift. In fact, my message title is Take Advantage of the Gift. Take Advantage of the Gift. Now, let's break this salvation word down more. The word salvation has been called this, the all-inclusive word. 
meaning everything that you and I need in the physical sense, material, and spiritual sense is wrapped up in the one word, salvation. This is powerful. Now, you need to take hold of this. The Greek word that's translated salvation means this, healing, deliverance, preservation, soundness of mind, prosperity, happiness or joy, being rescued, and general well-being. In fact, there's not one area of my life or your life that's not covered in the word salvation. See, we got, we, we got in this, this kind of religious mindset that salvation only means going to heaven for eternity, right? Well, it includes that, but it's much more than that. Amen? Salvation is a present possession for the Christian. It's not something you have to wait for. Listen, death doesn't qualify you to be saved. Oh, let me say that again. Are you hearing that? Some people think that you have to die to partake of salvation. No, no, no. When you're first born again, that's when you start becoming a partaker of the benefits. Say benefits of salvation. So the the fullness or completeness of our salvation through Jesus is when we go to heaven, right? You're going to be in the presence of God for eternity. And that's an amazing thing. We don't want to belittle that. But what I'm trying to say is there is a gift that God has given us that he wants us to use right here and right now on this earth. Think about this now. Uh, Healing, deliverance. Are you going to need any of those things in heaven? Right. So where is it a benefit for? Right here. Right? It's for now. It's for the, in fact, Jesus is called the second Adam. What Adam allowed in through the disobedience, come on, what he allowed into this earth, Jesus is the second Adam to deliver us from the curse of that bondage, the curse of the law. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Come on, Galatians chapter 3. Oh, this is, this is where the, the, the gospel it gets so good that your natural mind will try to talk you out of it. You know, see, the devil's okay with this. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The devil's okay with this. You know what? Okay, you got saved. Fine, he couldn't stop you from getting saved, right? But yeah, yeah, that's right. You just look forward to when you're going to die. You just look forward to when you're going to die, and then you're going to be with God. Don't, this is what the devil's saying, don't take advantage of any of the benefits on earth. Are you following me? If the devil can't stop you from getting saved, he will try to stop you from taking advantage of the gift on earth of salvation. The benefits. Say benefits of salvation. Now look at Galatians chapter 10, verse 13. Ooh, this is some good stuff right here. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse... For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Here it is. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Did Jesus hang on a tree? The cross. That the blessing of Abraham 
might come upon the Gentiles. Every person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ has has become redeemed, bought back from the curse of the law. Here's the deal. Legally speaking, Jesus has made that available to us as Christians. Say legally speaking. The devil's a thief. Legally, it belongs to you. It's up to you to take hold of it. You know, if someone leaves a, has a will and they pass away, what needs to be done? Does the money just show up in your mailbox? Does the, the whatever they left you just show up to you? No, what do you got to do? You got to go to court. There's some papers you have to sign. You need to put your stamp on that thing. You need to sign for it. And that's where your faith comes in. All the benefits. Jesus provided the provision. He provided the gift, but now you got to take hold of each benefit of the, of the gospel. Come on. That's why some people are strong in certain areas of their faith in others, but not in the other. They can believe for one thing, but uh, maybe healing, uh, you know, I don't believe in that. Right? That's why the Word of God says you've got to put your yes and amen on each benefit. You've got to go to court for this thing. The devil's a thief. So legally speaking, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But don't kid yourself. A lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A knowledge of what? The will. The word of God. What belongs. It's right here. This is the legal document. That's why Jesus can come against Satan, right? In the wilderness and say, it is written. Why? Because it's a legal document. Come on. Legal document. Man, I feel like we're in court today. So I want you to notice something else about the curse of the law. It's, it says the curse of the law, not laws. Now, what's important about that? In other words, if you broke one part of the law of God, you broke the entire thing. Now, here's what's important about that. That's why not one person in here or around the world can say they are perfect and not in need of the Savior Jesus. Because if you broke the law in one, if you sinned one time, you need Jesus. Are you following me? It's the law, not the laws. If you broke it, if you told one little lie in your life, you're done. You need Jesus. Amen? All right, so Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, Jesus hung on the cross. He became sin for us. He took every sin. Think about this. He took every sin that was committed in the past and every sin that would ever be committed in the future because Jesus is not going back to the cross. He's sitting at the right hand of his Father in heaven. He said, it is finished. Think about this. This is powerful. Every sin that I have ever committed in the past, any sin way back before time, right? And all sin that's ever going to happen was on Jesus. Wow. Again, the provision is there. The provision. Say provision. He took your sin and has given you his righteousness. You need to start seeing yourself the way your heavenly Father sees you. That will change your walk with God forever. So I'm telling you, uh, working in, in the healing and deliverance ministry, so many people are beat down from past mistakes and you know things that. Listen, you can't go back and change the past, right? You can't go back. That's why you need to start seeing yourself. When God looks at you, when your heavenly Father looks at you, He sees you whiter than snow through Christ, right? 
And if you mess up, you can confess your sin and God is faithful and just to forgive it. Why can we do that? Because Jesus made the provision. The provision is there. You are worthy to approach your heavenly father boldly without shame because what Jesus did for you through his life, burial, or death, burial, and resurrection. What an amazing gift. Take advantage of the gift. Remember we talked about, was it last week or the week before? Grow in grace. In other words, God has given us a period of time through Christ. There's a, we're in grace period right here. He's given you favor. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We mess up. But listen to me. Grow in grace. In the, take advantage of this favor. If I said to you right now, you know what? Go into a Walmart or a store and, and you, you, got, you got 30 minutes. Get whatever you want. I'm paying for it. I guarantee you, you will run through there like a chicken with your head cut off. But here's what we got. We got Christians now who we're in this time of grace where God's saying, you know what? Here's all the benefits. Go and take advantage of them right now. And we just got Christians kind of just, just kind of not doing anything, you know, kind of just forgetting about things, right? No, no, no. Let's put, if Bill Gates said, run into any store you want, I'm buying whatever you want. You, whatever you write down, whatever store, it's yours. I guarantee you. There would be a fire lit under your tail. And you would take advantage of that grace. Come on. The word says grow in grace. Amen? Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. Take advantage of the grace. That's why the devil... See, the devil does not want you to take hold of that truth. Because he wants to keep you having that condemnation feeling. God can never use me. I've messed up too much. Oh, hogwash. Shut up, devil. Are you hearing me? Grow in grace. Rise up. Start using your talents. Amen? Come on. Start using them for the Lord. Get out and start minister. Start growing in grace. Now, Colossians 1, 13 through 15. Ah, love it. He has... Delivered us from the power or authority of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of God's dear, uh, of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Grow in grace. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. I find that very interesting right there. The firstborn over all creation. In other words, how Jesus walked in power and authority, you can too. He's the firstborn. Let's do this thing. Amen? Oh my. Grow in grace. Faith in Jesus, listen, causes us to get a new spiritual address. When the devil comes a knocking, you say, devil, I don't live with you anymore. Come on. We are delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. But guess what? The provision is there. Legally speaking, that's true. But are you experiencing it? There's the legal part and experiential part. And a lot of times they're not coming together for many Christians. Legally, man, listen to me. Legally, that prison door is open for all of us. That prison door is open, but we sit in a corner shackled in our thought life. And in the door is open, God's saying, listen, it's growing grace. Get out of that prison. 
Go! Come on, you're free! But in their thought life, they stay in that prison with the door wide open. Oh my, that's powerful, isn't it? Jesus has made the provision with wonderful benefits. Now it's up to you and I to take hold of them by faith. Again, Jesus said, it is finished. He fulfilled the law. He's made you righteous through faith in him. He overcome everything that the curse brought in upon this earth. Take advantage of the gift. The second Adam. I love that. The second Adam, you know, I I always say this when I get up into heaven, Adam and I are going to have a little chat, right? We blame Adam because God told Adam not to eat of that. And he let Eve do it. Are you hearing me? Come on, somebody. Adam, brother, man, come on now. You caused a lot of havoc to come upon this earth. Amen? But Jesus is the second Adam. Mm, I love that. So legally speaking, Satan and demon spirits, the kingdom of darkness, sin. Sin has no legal right over any area of your life. No right to keep you in bondage. Only the power you give it. Mm. Look at Colossians 1. Go down the road with me. Colossians 1, verses 19 through 23. It says, For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross. I love that. And you, say, and me, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Interesting how it connects the mind or thought life with wicked works. You didn't commit one sin without thinking about it first. That's why it's so important to renew your mind with the word of God. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you. Here, this is how you're seen through your heavenly father. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Man, that's good. If, need, if indeed you continue in the faith. Say if. You continue. We need to continue in the faith being doers of the word, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under, under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I love it. Through faith in Jesus, we have become reconciled, brought back together. We have been brought back into, this is what reconciled means. We have been brought back into unity. We have brought, been brought back into harmony. He that, oh, come on, when the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? Oh, come on. Listen, unity, harmony, or agreement with our Heavenly Father. That enmity, that, that part of you that didn't want to serve God. Remember before you were born again? There was just that enmity. Just, just the, the sound of going to church just stunk, Right? Just just wanting to be there, right? It was horrible. You want to know why? Because the Word of God tells us there's that enmity with God. There's something just not jiving between you and God right now. Are you hearing me, somebody? Just something don't feel... In fact, you're listening to this preacher and you're getting ticked off right now. Right? You want to leave. Something... Oh, you're just being stirred up. Why? Because of the enmity. The Word of God calls you out. 
right? But when you take, see, the Holy Spirit's always trying to, to lead and draw you to the Lord. He's trying to draw you. And then there comes a point, there's that opening where your heart is open and you have a choice now to make him Lord of your life or not. In the moment you take that step and make him Lord of your life, that enmity, that part that you hate God is moved away. Now you're brought into right fellowship, harmony, unity, and agreement with him. It's supernatural. When someone's born again, it is truly supernatural. That's why I put a status on Facebook today. I said, any gospel message that leaves out the supernatural is void. where, where, Where they preach a message that is void of a supernatural message, it's void. It's not the gospel. Are you hearing me? Because every part of the gospel message is supernatural. You can't, uh, an an individual can't change on their own. That's the Holy Ghost drawing them. Amen? I got an amen out of the baby. All right. Love it. Yeah, I'm telling you, Holy Ghost is filling the babies in here. Amen? I love it. What a beautiful thing, though, when that enmity is taken away. See, Jesus took it all. Only true and lasting peace is found in our relationship with Him. If you want peace in this life, it's only through Jesus. You're just going to be running cycles and in circles looking for that peace. You're going to try to fill it with alcohol. You're going to try to fill it with sex. You're going to try to fill it with all these worldly things. And guess what? It's just a cycle. It's a never-ending cycle. It's worthless. That's why the Word of God says it's vain. Everything in this world it says, is vain. The richest man alive, Solomon. Listen to me. The richest man to ever live. He puts Bill Gates to shame and whoever else. He puts them all to shame, Solomon. He said all of these things, these worldly things, are vain and worthless. Come on, somebody. That's the wisdom of God. That's a kingdom mindset right there. Amen? So not only did Jesus take your sin, shame, and sickness, disease, but listen, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you and I to live a holy life, to walk in the benefits of the gospel or good news. Go to John 14. John 14. This is awesome. John chapter 14. Let's look at verses 25 through 27. Ooh. You got to, I love it when the Holy Ghost gets that Holy Ghost grinder out and cuts that enmity away when someone gets born again. Someone who is so hard hearted, they didn't shed a tear their whole life, but when Jesus gets a hold of their heart, tears begin to fall. God says, I will take out that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Are you hearing me? John 14, 25 through 27 says this. Jesus said these words. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you, Oh, no, not as the world. Jesus' peace is supernatural. Amen? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, Jesus was comforting his disciples by telling them, 
that he is giving them his peace and how important it is for him to go to his heavenly father. Now, if you put yourself in the disciples' shoes, that would have been a hard place. I mean, you walked with, you walked with Jesus now for a few years, right? And, and some knew him his whole life. And, and he's, now he's saying, look, I need to leave. I need to go away. It's expedient. It's, it's profitable. Guys, I know you can't understand it right now, but I, it's so important for me to go. So he's trying to explain this. And I want you to notice that he was giving them his peace. He was leaving them with his peace. But then it goes on to say this, let not your heart be troubled or afraid. I want you to look at the word. Again, I brought this up in a sermon before, the word let. The word let. Underline the word let. Because there is still a choice. See, Jesus was giving them his peace. Jesus has given us benefits, but we need to take advantage of the gift. It's still something that we need to take hold of. Uh, He was offering them that peace. He's offering you peace today. What are you going through? You got, is your life a mess right now? He's offering, he's saying, look, I'm going to give you peace. But listen, he, then he goes on to say, but listen, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Guess what? That ties into my message last week. Focus. Focus on Him. Focus on the promises in the Word of God. Amen? The benefits of the gospel, let me just say this, are not automatic. We still need to take advantage of each gift, like I said, and each provision. Now, think of this amazing fact. The Holy Spirit, as I was typing this out in the office, The Holy Spirit said this. This is amazing. The gift, Jesus, right? Because our Heavenly Father sent Jesus as a gift, right? The gift turns around and sends another gift, the Holy Spirit. Look at it. Our God is a giver. He is a good God. He loves to give good gifts. And He wants to bless you in your life. Amen? The same Holy Spirit that anointed and led Jesus Christ himself on this earth is the same Holy Spirit that he sent to us. See, our God is a giver. In fact, he's a liberal giver. Let me show you something. My last... Yeah, hold on. Yeah, that's my last one. James 1. James 1. Oh, I love it. I, I seen a meme, a meme on Facebook recently, and it's pa- a pastor posted, and it shows, you know, the Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen, how it, you know, he has no facial hair, and then it grows a little bit, then a little bit more than a lot. It says, when the pastor keeps saying he's almost done, and it has aged, and I thought of you guys, I love it, I love it. Okay, James 1, James 1, 5 through 8. See, by the way, it's okay to laugh, amen, in church. God created laughter, amen. God created joy. In fact, the last time I checked, it's called the joy of the Oh, the Lord has joy, and he wants you to experience it. James 1, 5 through 8. Look at here we go. So it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives uh, to all liberally. Underline that. He gives to all liberally and without reproach. He will never shame you. Listen, there's no stupid question in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Even asking if Christ is Jesus' last name. Are you hearing me? 
He won't reproach you. Either will pastor, right? All right. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Come on. For let not that man or person suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man or person, unable or unstable in all of his ways. So God is inviting us to approach him boldly. And in this situation, ask for wisdom. But the condition is to ask in faith. He's a liberal giver. But the only way to engage and to receive in the kingdom of God, remember, is by faith. See, God, God doesn't just do this just to make you mad. or to, No, it's very simple. Just believe what he said. Believe what he said. Believe what he said about his gift. Amen? Amen. Remember, faith is like, the definition was a conviction or a reality. Remember, speaking those things that are not as though they were. Romans 4, 17. That's the essence of faith. Even when you don't feel like it, even when it looks contrary, you speak the word in that situation and let's watch that thing turn around. Amen? Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So your faith must be active to take advantage of the gift. It's, the Holy Spirit showed me this. It's your faith that takes the wrapping paper off of that gift and opens the box. Isn't that good? I mean, just, just something that we can relate to in the natural. I love the Holy Spirit when he does that. Our faith. So here, here's, Jesus gives us, there's a box. Here's the gifts, right? Everything. And he gives you. You need healing? Here's the gift from Jesus. You need deliverance? Uh, here's the gift. You need some provision? You lacking some things? Some needful things? Here's the gift. Great. I got a box. What do I do now? You use your faith to unwrap it and open it up and loose that thing in the natural. Amen? See, salvation is a free gift, but it still must be received by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And doubting is double-mindedness, the Word of God just said. Double-mindedness is one minute having faith in the kingdom mindsets, in a kingdom mindset, and the next minute falling into the flesh. There's a double thing going on. And it said this. It said, if you're talking to a brother or sister in the Lord, and they're, they say they're believing for something, but then they speak doubt, you even have the authority to say, let not that person think they will receive anything from the Lord. Think about that. That's how important faith believing, conviction, making it a reality in your life is. Amen? Don't ever forget this truth. Every benefit, every benefit in the gospel of Jesus Christ must be unwrapped and received through faith. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Speak those things that are not as though they were, like I said. And a gift is given to you to benefit from, right? That's what a gift is, for you to benefit from. So take advantage of the gift of God that he has given you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Start today, right now. Start seeing yourself, how God sees you, amen? You are worth, listen, some are thinking, I'm not worthy for this gift. You are worthy, not because you're worthy, not because you earned it, because Jesus did, amen? 
So don't allow another day to pass without taking hold of the priceless gift and benefits of the gospel. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. See, we need to take advantage of the gift. Now, maybe there's someone in here. Maybe I was speaking to you today. Maybe you were the one who has enmity toward God. Maybe, maybe you feel that, but, but recently you've been feeling drawn. I mean, there's, you're feeling a drawing. Well, the Word of God says that today is the day of salvation. You don't let another day pass because, listen, if you're not saved right now, you're on borrowed time, brother and sister. You're on borrowed time. And if you take your last breath without making Jesus Christ Lord of your life, that's it. It's over. There ain't nobody going to pray you out of a purgatory. Are you hearing me, somebody? There ain't no, there's no purgatory. There's no waiting room in heaven. Uh, are you hearing me? What you must receive Jesus now on this earth and get saved and reserve your spot in heaven. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I'm, I'm calling out to you today. I'm reaching out to you today. Meet me over by that tree. And after service, I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life. I want to, I want to see you get a new spiritual address translated from the kingdom of, dark, kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Whoever that is, meet me over there. Number two, maybe you've, you've gotten saved a long time ago, but man, you've, you're so backslidden, you don't know right now. You do not have the confidence if you took your last breath right now and you dropped over dead in this service right now. You, you do not have the confidence you will go to heaven. That's too much to risk. Get over by that tree. I want to pray with you if that's you. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Now, there may, maybe there's someone in here. You've, you love the Lord, but man, you don't feel like there's power in your life to overcome sin. You don't feel like there's power to overcome the enemy in your life. You need the Holy Ghost baptism, baby. The Holy Ghost baptism. Amen? Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's what you need. Now let the pride down and get over there. And I want to pray with you to receive. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You have a sickness, disease in your body. You need a prayer for a situation you or a family member's going through. Uh, meet me over there. I want to pray with you today. Now, man, what a great service today. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for and everybody who participated. Thank you, Lord. So remember, I, I do want to shout this out. So Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right over the phone, wherever you're at, dial it up on your cell phone, whatever you're doing, you're walking, whatever, pull us up. 7 p.m., let's have some prayer together over the phone for a while, right? Again, Nancy Turner is going to be heading that one up. Uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., prayer right here at the church. We've been having a great time. Presence of God is so strong. Amen? Other than that, let's pray over the food. We'll get you out of here. But those four things I talked about, I will wait up here. Amen? I will be the last one in line. So, Father, we thank you so much for this service. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you didn't just leave us with the provision, but you, your gift sent another gift to show us how to unwrap the gifts and how to apply it to every area of our life. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray that you would just bless this time of fellowship downstairs and bless this food uh, to our bodies, Lord God, and 
just Holy Spirit, just fill that fellowship hall. And Lord, I thank you for the people of Living Waters Chapel, everyone that's here, Lord God. I bless them. I pray that your presence would be around and upon them like never before. Encamp them with your holy angels, Father God. And everybody said, Amen. All right, everyone, enjoy the food. <laughs>